0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my (laughs) guest. I can tell you something, people. uh, Last night, last night, well, this is airing on Thursday, but it was so Monday night. Uh, Villanova won the uh, NCAA championships. And I remember they won it before in 1983. And at that time, I was in college at Stockton College, which is Stockton State College. Now it's Richard Stockton University. I remember we went crazy because they won and we were going to drive up to Villanova just to try to get lucky. And uh, we're (laughs) glad we didn't because we just got drunk. But I'm just thinking, if you don't know, Villanova is a bunch of rich kids. So I'm basically looking at last night they probably ran around the main line of Philadelphia right off Philadelphia spray painting kids uh, credit cards gold sitting there putting dimes in people's penny loafers and putting BW uh, BMW rims on their VWs so it was probably <laughs> there was one ride I think they like put it, a police a police police uh, horse got assaulted I, that's just that's philadelphia for you anyway we are my guest today he's from a little outside philadelphia but he played the philadelphia circuit in places uh i i met him online it's uh francesco de cosmo
1: hey steve how are you what's up man good to be here
0: so yeah it's i, I love the name francesco de cosmo <laughs> it's very italian now you i my girlfriend's italian so no you you grew up in you said dallas i, I grew uh, up in pennsylvania. Yeah, dallas pennsylvania outside of wilkesbury yeah and now yeah. now when did you learn you wanted to start? When did you decide you wanted to start music? Were you a oh, kid man. listening, or?
1: Um, I've been singing since I was a kid. My mom, uh, my parents are from Italy, and we lived in Italy for a short while, for about a year, year and a half or so. Uh, I was born in Connecticut, and uh, you know my parents moved us there because they wanted to raise us there. And uh, my mom was always singing. She was her her aunt was a teacher at the Conservatory of Rome for voice and piano, so she was around music a lot and uh she was always you know singing italian songs so as a kid you know i just had a musical ear and i just you know started she would teach me these songs you know and uh and then i uh, you know we moved to uh pennsylvania and uh started going to school and i was always interested in music uh and i started playing uh i was in the school chorus and uh ended up being a soloist and then i started playing trumpet and uh could, I didn't have the embouchure for trumpet. Yeah, so. but just, what? What made you decide
0: trumpet? Because when I was a kid, I was gonna play trumpet, but I the, so I played uh, the trombone for a little bit because it was easier. Yeah. It was easier and it was it was clunkier, but it was easier to blow into because the. Well, you yeah, have the valves
1: too, and it, it makes it easier to get the notes, you know. But I, I I just didn't have the lip for it. It was just a suggestion from a you know music teacher in school, and I, I was like I couldn't I couldn't really get the tone you know the, the sounds out of it so. Uh, a friend of mine um, uh, my best friend at the time uh, brought me over his house one time and he and he had these this this album from this band rush 2112 and I was electrified by the by the album and he started playing guitar and I was like oh man I'm gonna get a guitar and start playing he goes no get get a bass there's no bass players so I ended up getting a bass, and I've been a bass player and singer ever since. So. Now, the the bass is,
0: uh the bass, I always I always say the bass is like the uh, underrated cat. Like, you know, the bass, you know, mm-hmm. the great bassist, you know, I mean, you can go on a list of them, but you needed them. And the, it's like the bass oh, and the drummer part. are like the backbone. And, you know, totally. you, it's evident in like the old Rolling Stones videos when it's Bill Wyman and Charlie sure. Watts. They're always playing off each other, and they got their own little club thing going. So, I mean, <laughs> so was it was it easy to pick up the bass? Because for me, it's like it's got less strings, and it's not as glamorous as well, I was a kid. What was it like?
1: Um, you know, it, I think there's a there's a uh, a misconception about bass playing um, that it's easier than guitar. Because if you're a singer and a bass player, it's not really that easy because you're sometimes you're dealing with counter counter-punnel rhythms, you know. And um, it's it's a lot more rhythmic, so you have to be kind of a kind of a drummer, you know, in your head with the rhythms. Um, so it's not necessarily easier, especially if you're singing. <laughs> right, no, 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 i don't, yeah. easier.
0: I, I think it's just it's not as glamorous when you're younger. Yeah, right? yeah. When we're younger, well, you know, yeah. we think, oh yeah, the guitar. It's like you, yeah. never, you never went, ooh, that Michael Anthony. Yeah. You know, you know, you yeah, always, I, did, sit, but... Yeah, yeah, but I know, but I'm saying like, you know, like, and I thought yeah. he was great too, but you're always like, well, yeah. wait, minute, cause they always, especially in the videos, when you watch, they always glamorize the guitarist, you know, yeah. and they don't, they don't sit there and, and the drums got glamor, but the, but the bass is I... the backbone. I mean, that's what yeah. keeps it, it's like. It's like the middle infield of baseball. You never hear anything about second basemen, but without a good second baseman, that's
1: right. your infield sucks. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, but I think over the last say 10, 20 years, I think bass players have really gotten a lot of recognition. For their contribution to contemporary music, you know, um, especially rock and R and B, you know, um, but especially uh, the singers that play bass, you know, Getty Lee, Jack Bruce, uh, Kip Winger, you know, all, like there's so many, you know what I mean, that that rightfully needed that recognition or deserved that recognition. So because so, they're, they're,
0: oh, go ahead either great you know? so, so you're a young kid you're playing bass you're singing okay yeah. now now how, how are you sitting there saying deciding okay this is gonna be my future i mean because you're a kid in in, in the poconos yeah. it's like you know <laughs> yeah, i mean in all honesty it's like it's yeah. the poconos is a great area and there's a lot of entertainment but it's not what you know i'm sure a young kids not going hey i want to go play at the caesars you know the caesar those resorts like yeah so how do you sit there and how do you start getting kids together that you want to play with and start developing your chops
1: well you know i was really lucky because when i started playing um my best friend that started me playing bass um i was we started a band and right as we started the band there was this kid that moved from virginia 16 years old and people were telling me you got to hear this kid play guitar prodigy unbelievable uh guitar player I mean, was was versed in in all the, the the English bands and the Southern rock bands. He his name is Kurt Hauf, and he's still playing guitar. Uh, amazing guitar player. Um, and him and Jim played really well together, Jim Blair. And we had I had a great drummer. So right away I had kind of a band of like prodigy kid players, you know. And it was just and my friend Tom Alexander uh, played. He was an amazing piano player. He's my, my, he's my best friend that I grew up with, Tom Alexander and, uh, incredible piano player, um, and ended up playing with us for a while. So I was kind of, I was kind of lucky that I had, uh, immediately there was like all all these kids that could really play, you know, in my band, you know? So it was cool. It was kind of like a, a prodigy kid band you know so was you, my first band so right. what do
0: you what do you guys decide to play though because i mean i know what year is this oh man <laughs>
1: i mean it's like it's like because
0: i mean think of the uh, music i that's, can't
1: remember uh but
0: i but you you know so what what kind of music do you decide to play because with all these prodigies there'd be so much talent you all have to probably have different
1: tastes we we're all actually m- most of the kids were into rock you know okay because that was really the most popular music of the time you know uh Early '80s was like a, a great time for rock, and, and late '70s, you know, great time for rock and roll. So we were all influenced by, you know, Zeppelin, The Beatles, Rush, uh, Kansas, Boston, Foreigner, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Leonard, Skinner, um, uh, The Outlaws. Um,
0: I love the. I, I, uh, I just heard Green Grass and High Tides oh the other my day, God, what a great and you, you forget just the beginning. Of that like the opening and you sit through you if you're if you love classic rock you automatically know it and then you just yeah. know it just it builds and it builds and it just starts kicking us. and you know think about it you know back great. then when it was on you really didn't hear that much guitar before lyrics and you know then it was like the guitar and, and you great sit guitars. there and looking yeah, back great and you go, holy that crap track. that was such a yeah when i was like there's
1: it, it was just cool it was cool yeah, I, yeah it was a good area oh yeah And, and we were also influenced by the heavier bands at the time, uh, and and the psychedelic bands like Pink Floyd and, uh, heavier bands like, uh, uh, Iron Maiden and, uh, who else was, uh, Black Sabbath. I mean, so, you know, so we were influenced by a lot of great music, man. So you're all playing this music.
0: And now, now when do you start to sit there and say, okay, we're a band, we're good
1: what do you where do you, did you try to start getting work or what do you do oh man we were gigging all over the place i mean when we started i mean what was the band we, we called? weren't even uh well the first band was called Blackwater. yeah because uh i don't know how i don't know we uh there was this this lake near us uh called harvey's lake in dallas and so uh we were out there one night just you know doing what kids do you right know? and uh drinking some beers and some urban stuff, and we we're like, oh, we're on, on the, and it was like, just at pitch black at night, and you know, you could see the lights, on it. I was we just like, oh, let's call the band Black Water because water looks black, you yeah. know. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. And uh anyway.
0: So, so you start, you start playing gigs. I mean, are you playing in a? Dallas oh yeah, or yeah. We were
1: a- playing gigs when we were like 17, 16, 17 years old, and word got around and it became a really popular band so you guys are playing gigs now are you are you getting out of the poconos area are you are you um well we were in yeah we were in in dallas uh and then branching out obviously Wooksbury and scranton and then we started getting gigs in new york state and uh new jersey you know um it wasn't until the a couple later bands that i was with that i was playing in philadelphia and like jersey shore
0: well when you're 17 you guys are all young yeah and you all love music and you're getting yeah. work so so what did you have any idea of how you're going to path your career path because well, we're
1: 17 I, we don't really know yeah i mean i knew that when i started playing music music changed my life really um because i i started learning so much about about life and and it, it, because back then i don't know life, uh, music and and i think most people would agree uh music was just a deeper thing um, songs were written about, I don't know, just deeper things in life, you know, and uh, it was just, it inspired me so much and I learned so much about life just from music, you know, and I knew, man, I I just wanted to be an artist. I I just knew that was my life path. So I knew eventually I had to get out of of Northeastern Pennsylvania. I I played with some great bands after Blackwater, um, uh, this band called Rogue And another band called Quest, which were two of the really best bands in the area. And after, you know, after that, um, which was about 10 years later, I was just like, you know, I have to leave. I I either have to go to New York or Los Angeles or
0: Nashville. Where were you playing on the Jersey Shore? What were some of the places? I remember, I mean, Uh, like at the Playpen. Shenanigans
1: in CL City was one of Rogue's main gigs there. Uh, we also played in in uh, in Wildwood. I can't remember the name of the club and some other uh, places a little bit north uh, of CL City. I can't I can't exactly remember the names so are you, are of those cities.
0: Are you playing all covers or are you trying to mix yeah, in some of your yeah, own no, stuff? Yeah, no, we
1: did covers and originals. Yeah. Okay, so now yeah. now
0: who was writing the originals? You or was it collaborative or the I was other guys?
1: Collaborative, yeah, yeah. So you
0: so you're mm-hmm. sitting there and you go, I have to get out.
1: Not, but yeah. you said
0: you decided you have to move to, to grow your career. Mm-hmm. How do you choose between New York and LA?
1: Well, (laughs) I was really kind of, I love New York City because we would go there, you know, as kids. Uh, We we would go there every few months to visit the city because we loved it. But uh, it was just too cold in the Northeast. You know, it was really cold in the Northeast. And uh, I just got tired of the weather, man. So you decided to pick
0: up and move to LA.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Now, no yeah. no I always ask about guests. Where did you first live when you moved out here? No, did you drive across the country? I drove across country twice. Yeah.
1: Okay. By myself. Yeah. And then, so now, where did you pick to live? Uh, well, uh, the first place that I that I moved was Calabasas because my, my ex girlfriend had moved. She had moved uh out there uh, because she wanted to be close to her her brothers and sisters that lived in Malibu. So that's a nice area yeah that's cool you can't complain about that
0: so, so yeah you, you get to la you're a musician what do you decide wh- what are you going to do about that now you're here you know you're, you're on a mission
1: yeah uh well i i, I ended up playing with uh, one of my best friends uh that was a mentor for my first band uh, his name is dave coyle killer guitar player he plays with uh now he plays with the world classic rockers which is like a uh um it's like a consortium of members of famous bands and they do corporates and stuff, but amazing musician. Uh, so I played in a band with him, but then I, I uh, entered a scholarship contest that Billy Sheehan was having for uh, musician's Institute. And I ended up being one of the top 10 guys that he picked, um, for the contest. Uh, I didn't end up winning this scholarship itself, but I got a letter from him, you know, saying that my submission was really great and he really loved it. And so that so I went to music school. I went to uh, MI. What did they teach? Like in the
0: contest? because it always you know like you know you see contests now, which mm-hmm. people vote and all. For your contest, well not a contest for the scholarship for the ten people. What did they What did they
1: judge you on? Is there certain things you have to do? Composition or how? Um, I think I, from what I can remember, it was just do you know just submit your your best composition. And <laughs> I just sat down with a. I had a really cool setup. I had a, a drum machine and uh, I had a Rockman, so I can make my, my bass sound like a guitar. Okay. You know, so I, I doubled. I had two separate outputs that uh, one was the guitar part and one was the bass part, you know, and I just made up this piece, and he really liked it, you know.
0: So you sit so. there and you decide to go to uh, MI. Yeah. And now, now what do you learn? I've had people who, you know, have gone there. but MI what...
1: was a great experience for me, but honestly, you know, I knew I was a professional before I even went to school. Which gave me an advantage because I I had uh, had already a working knowledge of kind of, you know, what it is to be a working musician and what, you know, what to do, your skill sets. And uh, I was already a singer, lead singer for many years uh, and bassist in in a bunch of different bands. So, um, but MI was a great experience because I I learned chart reading. Uh, I learned more. I already knew uh, music theory before I went and I had a really great ear. Um, but I learned a lot about chart reading, about different styles, uh, more about music theory, um, live playing workshops were great because it gave you, uh, you know, uh, uh, a, a way to experience those different playing those different styles with, with, you know, live musicians. It was a great experience. And, um, I ended up, uh, being the vocational honors graduate for that year, which was the highest honor okay. that year or so uh which was 95 i believe um but it was great so you're in la yeah you have your you have you have the
0: professional chops because you played for you know back into you know in, back yep. in jersey you go through school you, you get a good honor so now as a musician what, what is your focus what do you decide you want to do and how do you try to attain that
1: well i, I knew i wanted to um play with you know uh, professional bands and everything so I, I uh one of the first things that happened was that I answered an ad. Uh, Chris Poland from Megadeth <laughs> had a band called uh, uh, Mumbo's Brain, which was the two bands after Megadeth. He was in a band called Damn the Machine, and then uh, then he formed this band with his brother called Mumbo's Brain, which was a really cool, dark, alternative rock band. So I answered the ad, and I got the gig. I went down and played with him, with his brother first, and then uh, his brother liked me, and then uh, I ended up playing with both of them, and they, you know, they... uh I got the gig, and um, that was really cool because Chris Paulin is one of the most amazing guitar players on the planet. He's kind of an unsung hero. He's it was a, really amazing to play with him. Uh, one of the most unique and gifted guitar players I've ever, ever played with. Um, and what happened with Mumbo's Brain was uh, it was a great band, uh, but the singer we we didn't get signed. The singer got frustrated and left, but we kept writing music. So those tunes that we wrote became the basis for his second solo album, which which I ended up titling all the songs and the and the album titled the album for, uh, and that was called Chasing the Sun. So uh, then I got a, uh, an audition, and and also that project became the basis of his new band O.H.M. Ohm. They are absolutely amazing, by the way. Um, if you get a chance I would oh, yeah. definitely
0: I always I always get different you know, it's, fun, it's so funny I uh, I get different out. bands like you probably know Chris Wise. Yeah. He was on. He's amazing. And man. he brought me the Owl CD it's oh, pretty cool cuz he was talking about just the different just the different. He plays the upright bass, but it's always cool cuz whenever whenever he's great
1: I just saw him play upright.
0: Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's sound sound check live. But whenever 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 a, he, weeks ago. Whenever a musician recommends a band you have to listen because it's like yeah you guys you Dude, guys you know what's like if home. a musician says these guys are great oh my it god means they are. it's not like because if it's someone you know i'm telling you man no I'm, i believe because some oh. people are like oh yeah this, this band's great you listen you go, this band sucks but if the musician says it oh yeah you have yeah to, they, yeah so so now yeah. now you now so, what was what was a weird joint in poland's the the uh their band seeing that you had always started your own band was it it was a different getting into a band where you weren't the founding member and that must yeah, be Yeah, I mean of that's weird. okay
1: because I, you know, I'm very I've always been very adaptive and flexible with different musical situations because I I, I just love music, you know. And and I I learn something new from every situation really. Um, and as you should, you know. If you're an artist and you know, a human on a quest for knowledge and and artistry, you know, there's um there's always something you can learn from any situation as long as, you know, you, you were willing to learn, you know, and willing to experience that particular lesson or, you know, uh, learning a new skill from a new experience. Um, so I, I've always been, you know, uh, pretty adaptive about being in different musical situations. So it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, and I've been in other bands before that I wasn't you know, right. The founding member of. Um so, you know, it was really cool. Um, I didn't know when I answered the ad, I didn't know it was Chris Poland, you know. So it was really um absolutely an amazing experience. That guy is insane, man. So what happens? You have with to them? check out Ohm. 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 Now yeah. what happened with
0: them did you, just, did you leave or what happened or... Yeah,
1: um I, I what happened was is I got uh a call to audition for Dweezel Zappa. So I uh, had to rehearse a bunch of tunes, you know, and I was kind and I was playing in a cover band at the time called Point Blank. So I was like, I was kind of busy with other things. So, and I was going to school at the same time. Right. So, uh, so I was still at at MI, uh, at Musicians Institute. So, you know, I just ended up kind of bowing out and Chris got, uh, isn't level. Okay. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, it's fine. Chris got um uh, uh, Robert Pagliari to play with him again, who uh, fine, very fine bass player who he had played with before, and uh yeah, and that became ohm oh we yeah. gotta check out on people check yeah. out Ohm. so now now now, what happened with dweezel zappa um i auditioned <laughs> i went to, to frank's you know because he lived at frank's house and it, that was another amazing, What's amazing that experience like? i mean man. What, I was what, like
0: what is frank's Zappa's I'm, a, house I'm, like. I'm a
1: huge frank zappa fan he's an absolute musical genius and uh you know a luminary in in, in the music world um it, it was just amazing just to be there you know and, uh, I had, I'd always wished that I could meet Frank, you know, before he passed away, but, um, it was really amazing just to be there just, you know, to meet Dweezil and, and, um, I, I auditioned, I didn't get the gig, but it was really cool to play with him and, uh, and just to be in Frank's studio, you know, it was, and, uh, Dweezil was kind enough to show me, you know, through his library and it, it was, it was really, it was cool, you know? So you're a young guy now. You're, you, you, you You're in the
0: MI, you you left the band, you're Now, where do you decide you're going to go? Do you start doing studio work or what do you do? Because it's it's like... There's so many amazing studio musicians Mm -hmm. that people don't know. It's like, you know, I had Kenny Ironhoff on a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's amazing. You you see all the people you play with. Now, if you you mention to a a musician, they know. But if you mention to as you call civilian they're like who the hell's coming in <laughs> you know, it's, i mean be, I like, when that. i used to stand up comedy we used to call people who didn't do comedy because <laughs> they're not they're not they're not they're the, not in the trenches man. yeah they're not in the trenches <laughs> yeah. so now what do you do I and mean, how, how do you start doing studio stuff and did you did you uh
1: did you um, want to still be in bands or i mean what happened you know i mean i wanted to do everything okay you know because i i like i said i i love everything about music so i Wanted to get as much experience doing everything, you know, playing live, uh, writing music, uh, you know, doing studio sessions, um, which I ended up doing on Evanescence's uh, Fallen album. Um, But I got that gig from playing a live gig, you know. Okay, so
0: now how did that happen? Because Evanescence,
1: now how'd that happen? Um, And why didn't they just use their regular bass in the studio? uh, Apparently, um, uh, from what I understand, he. I don't know. I don't know if their original bass player was up to snuff for for doing the studio stuff. But but Dave Foreman, I guess, wanted to use professionals, uh, from what I uh, understand. Uh, And he just saw me play one night, and (laughs) he comes up to me, and I was hitting with this band. The band was really good, man. I was playing with uh, this guitar player, Chris Huchin, and uh, this really good drummer, Mike Lewis, uh, who I ended up playing with for a number of years uh, in Palm Springs and at Disney as well. Um, and, uh, we we're hitting on some really heavy rock stuff and it was like the last set and they walked in it was Dave Fortman and, uh, Ben Moody and, and their manager at the time. And, uh, he just came up to me and he goes, ah, my name is Dave Fortman and, uh, you're the best guy bass player I've ever seen in my life. He goes, <laughs> and I'm producing this band called Evanescence, you know, <laughs> I was like, Oh, cool, man. I had never heard of him, you know, right. and uh, and he's like, and I said, well, give me your, you know, give me your information, and I gave him mine, and he sent me the demo, it was them, you know, and there was no bass on the demo, by the way, so, so, you, so I made you, up all the, all okay, the bass stuff. Okay, so, so you tomorrow. get it, and there's there's just nothing but, a, there's no bass. No, there's no bass, there was, you know, of course, Amy and, and uh, uh, Ben playing guitar and drum machine and so they wanted you to they wanted you to come up with the bass part yeah i i mean i you know i was i was i, I came up with uh most of it uh, except for the signature uh rhythms you know like in in uh, bring me to life there's that you know that that uh six against four rhythm that like, that part that was like a signature part of this, the song but most of the record i came up with
0: so what's it like All going in? Like you you go in there and you're with this band and yeah. there's no bass. So basically, it's on your you know they they're saying you know it's must be a sign of respect because they're saying we see what you can do. But what is that uh what is that like when you sit there and go in there? Because I mean, what if you do something and they don't like it? And oh you're... well,
1: you know I mean uh, Dave you know uh, Dave held a he held a pretty tight leash on me, but but you know um, I came up with a lot of great ideas that he liked, you know? Um, so we ended up using them, you know?
0: So now you, you do that and you lay down the tracks mm-hmm. and now did
1: you think they would ask you to join the band or how how does that work? They actually did ask me to join the band and that, that's, that's the, uh, <laughs> the weird thing about, uh, the whole experience for me. Um, I did bring me to life in 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. It was done. Um, so they were all in the studio behind me, you know, and uh, they were like, oh, wow, that was amazing. And, you know, would you like to be in the touring band? I said, yeah. I said, I really love the music and I'd I'd love to be a part of the band, you know. So uh, they kind of, you know, after the whole session was over, I, I was like, hey, man, it was a great experience doing the record. I'm like, uh, you will know, let me know when the tour is going to be. And uh, they basically said that they couldn't hire me because the record company didn't have money to pay me and blah, blah, blah. So it it was kind of weird you know was kind of weird yeah it's kind of a bittersweet experience for me because i really loved doing the record and i I thought the chemistry uh, musically was really great and obviously i mean you know the album won two grammy awards you know so it was the biggest record i had ever played on the bit the first big album i ever played on as a matter of fact and it got nominated for five grammy awards and won two So it was a bittersweet experience for me because it was, I mean, I taught myself in my bedroom when I was a kid, you know, listening to, you know, Zeppelin and Yes and Rush and all those bands, you know, and, uh, you know, I, 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 it was bittersweet. So now after that experience,
0: is it like, you know, sort of like in acting when someone does a good guest role or whatever their their stock goes up now did you did people sit there and know you played that and sit there and go did you start booking some more studio work from that with bigger artists or how does that work in the music uh, business
1: unfortunately i didn't I didn't really uh uh i didn't have a publicist at the time and i wasn't really great at uh social media so i, I didn't get a whole lot from it um but I, I i ended up getting the thin lizzy gig uh because i mean i had a lot of people that that I had gone to school with and a lot of people that knew that, you know, I had a good reputation. And, um, uh, what happened was, um, my friend, Rafael Moreira, who is a fabulous guitar player from Brazil. Um, I met him one of the first days that he came to, um, Los Angeles. And first day he came to school, I became friends with him. He blew me away. He blew everybody away. You know, um, do you know, do you know? No, I don't. Yeah, he's amazing, man. Uh, but uh, I ended up getting him one of his first gigs uh, in uh, in L. A. Uh, so he could stay in town. And um, he ended up uh, uh, going on a blind audition of over 200 guitar players and got the Christina Agu- Aguilera gig. Okay. Yeah. And then he uh, he played with Pink and uh, who else did he play with? Us uh, Maya, Cisco, a bunch of uh, you know pop artists and stuff and. He, now he plays with uh um Paul Stanley. All right. Uh, great guitar player. Played on uh on the voice and uh I believe American Idol uh, American Idol as well. Or I'm sorry. Played on um what was that uh, reality show, the rock one? Oh uh, um supernova. No, uh Yeah, Rockstar. Super... Rockstar Supernova. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah. So he actually um, recommended me for the Thin Lizzy gig.
0: Now, what's that like? You know, seeing that you love classic rock, and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. especially if you grew up back east. I mean, everyone, if, everyone loves The Boys Are Back in Town, and oh, Phil Lynott is just and Phil Lyna was a bassist. Oh, uh, so, so Thin Lizzy one of
1: my favorite bands ever. So what
0: is know. that like? One, I mean, first of all, you probably know most of the songs. So you probably played them because you know he was he was a singer bassist, right? Yes, yes of course. So, so for you guys. When you're younger, that's yeah. that's a guy you could associate with. Oh so man. So, so now it's how amazing. do you how do
1: you find out that you're auditioning for Thin Lizzy? Like does someone call Dude, you check or check this out, man. This is no this this is I'm not making this up. <laughs> this was absolutely amazing. I was at my ex girlfriend's house in uh in Orange County and we were watching we had never seen the movie Rockstar. So I was like, We went to this this video store, you know, the and and we rented this movie and I was like, Oh, let's watch this movie and uh so yeah it was you know we we enjoyed it and uh, at at the very end it was a cool movie at the very end john sykes calls me on the phone as the credits were rolling sykes one of my favorite guitar players of all time how do and you get, how do you get your number from from Raphael? okay so he yeah. calls you i i thought it was somebody right. playing a joke on me <laughs> you know and he said you know, uh, you know this is john sykes from thin lizzie i was like what <laughs> you know and i was like say that again Uh, you know i I forget exactly what i said but i was like who is this something like that and it was john sykes man i and this this is this is another amazing thing about sykes when i was like 18 or something somewhere around there um i had heard you know that uh that first white snake album uh and I was completely blown away by his guitar playing. And I asked my my buddy, I'm like, who is this guitar player? And he told me his name, and 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 I just, when he told me his name, I had a psychic impression of him, like I had known him from somewhere, or I I, I knew I was going to work with him, which was really weird because right. that's never happened to me before. So we're still like, Sykes and I are still really good friends. To so this day. he calls you and, does he, uh, he called me on the phone yeah does
0: he ask you to join or do you have to audition
1: he said we're, you know uh, we're auditioning bass players and uh you're recommended and he said would you like to audition I'm like yeah, of course <laughs> you know so how nervous are you going into that audition I I you know I mean I was I learned the stuff pretty well you know so I I didn't I, I didn't have um I, I wasn't nervous about that it was just you know like meeting Sykes man it was just like he was one of my favorite guitar players you know of so, all time so, so you He the audition
0: you audition and yeah. then
1: how do you find out you got the part i mean not the part the, the uh the part. he called me he said well you know i'll let you know i said well actually he said i got the gig he said i got the gig um when i was at his house and i was stoked and he said uh, but w- i'll let you know when you know we're going to bring you in because the uh, i i think uh Marco Mendoza was still playing in the band, but he was playing uh, in Thin Lizzie and also was playing with um, the girl from the Cranberries. I can't remember her name now. I oh, can't um, yeah, yeah, either. Yeah, but um, so he was kind of bouncing, you know, between both bands and they wanted somebody more, you know, dedicated to the band. So they ended up hiring me, but a little bit later than I expected, uh, a couple months later. But, uh, I, you know, I played with them for two and a half years. So, so, so what's it like now going out, on tour now with a
0: band like Thin Lizzy, who you know is a love band and they're 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 legends. Yeah, man. What's it like? Because now it's stepping up to you know you have played with different people <laughs> and you played the Jersey, you played down in uh yeah. in Seattle, but now you're going to a place. It where was
1: surreal, bro. <laughs> you have, I mean,
0: it must be because you they're yeah. they're diehard fans. And oh, it's, it's not like they've been fans for two years. Been yeah, yeah, years. sure, sure. And so what's it like when you first hit stage? I mean, it's it's got to be a different crowd.
1: It must be a different energy. It was super high energy super high energy i remember the first the first big gig i did with him was just it was mind-blowing man and it was in uh at a a dutch um festival called arrow rock in holland yeah and uh it was incredible man it was like i don't know 7,000 people there you know just this huge area you know (laughs) it's like wow and uh just playing with a band uh Tommy Aldridge was the drummer, and he, no word to lie, he's been one of my favorite drummers ever in the history of rock music. I saw him with the Pat Travers band open up for Rush, and I was a huge fan of his ever since, you know, and Pat Travers. They were just a great, great rock band. But uh, I never thought I would be playing (laughs) with Tommy Aldridge, you know. When they told me Tommy was the drummer, I was like, I was blown away, you know, stoked.
0: It must be so uh, insane, because yeah, you're, you're playing with this this band, a band you love, and then this yeah. drummer you love, and, and, and Scott Horst you love, and everyone you love. So now what is it like though, when you're sitting there as a musician and you know and we all you know lip synced to whatever when we were kids or yeah yeah choir, <laughs> you know we all do that. but what is it like when all of a sudden you're sitting there, and, and I mean, boys that are back in town is a, is a classical song, I... like, jailbreak and stuff like what is, what is it like when you're sitting there, that first show oh, where you're yeah. on the bass? And, and um, I, I I love the opening at jailbreak too. too oh, so there.
1: cool! But so, we open up with that every night.
0: What is that yeah, like when
1: you sit there? I mean, do you sit there um, and go,
0: "Holy crap! I'm sitting on yeah, stage bro. with Thin Lizzy." Yeah, bro. I mean,
1: I'd look across the stage and Sykes standing next to me, and Tom Tom behind me, and uh, Scott Gorham on stage left. Man, he's a, the original guitar player of Thin Lizzy. It was surreal. I mean, I'm. It was like. Un- un- unbelievable rush, adrenaline rush, to play that music from one of my favorite bass players and fa- and Phil was always one of my favorite songwriters in rock. And and uh, you know, I mean, what do you what do you say to exactly? That? I mean, it's just it was an unbelievable high. Now now where yeah. did you guys tour? Did you tour all over? All Europe road? was all, I I got to see almost every country in Europe. So which was now had you really been to really Europe bright. before? Yeah, I, you know, I lived in Italy when I was a kid okay, yeah, okay. yeah, so I've always been, you know, a fan of European culture, so it was really great because um, I, I got to see all these different countries I'd never been to before and, and experience the languages and, you know, cultures and, you know, it, it was really, really interesting to me.
0: And what's it like to be a, a touring rock band where you you have name oh, recognition wherever you so go? So cool, man! I mean, it's different. As I said, I mean, you're sitting there, you're going with yeah, Finlay. It was awesome, bro. I mean, did you did you get did you get, get get hooked up with some good free meals or anything? Oh get- yeah,
1: yeah, man. We, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not only that, we a lot of times we get upgraded, you know, for flights, you know, yeah. You know. A couple of times we got upgraded to first class. So I was like, oh, this is cool, man. <laughs> yeah. so, so now, was was it full on straight for two and a half years, or did you have a break? Uh, you know, we had breaks. So now, what would you do on your breaks? Oh, just, you know, do gigs in town, you know, sessions whenever I could, you know. And now who were some of the other Sessions people you were working with? Uh, Let's see. I worked with uh, Jamie Green, who's a really great uh, Los Angeles songwriter. Um, I also worked with a band called Jaded. Uh, Tina Yothers from uh, Family Ties. She was the singer of that band. Uh, I did an album with them called Confessions. Really great record. Really, really good um uh did you know some sessions for people you would never know this uh kind of hip-hop reggae thing called uh (laughs) Buku? so you're covering
0: all you're covering yeah you know it's like so so now thin lizzie you play for two and a half years
1: and then you, you leave and then unfortunately um what happened was tommy aldridge um was a he's a bike enthusiast you know uh and uh 10-speed bikes, you know, graphite frames and all that. And uh, he was riding up in Santa Barbara and it fell and tried to avoid a deer and ended up breaking his collarbone. So I tried, you know, we tried to replace Tommy. And uh, unfortunately, John just didn't, uh, I think, uh, wasn't feeling it anymore. And we were supposed to play with ACDC, man. We were supposed to play with ACDC that summer. Uh, at Wembley stadium and then in the fall we were supposed to, uh, play some dates with Metallica and then with Motorhead. So it was a huge disappointment for me. The the band ended up breaking up. John ended up leaving and, uh, Tommy and I were let go and that was so so you have to you have to get back up on your horse so what do you what do you do
0: now when, when you, after that happens what do you there, in your mind because it's like anything it's like being yep. being on a great
1: tv show that like got canceled for no reason
0: yeah you know i mean what what do you what do you do how do you pull your bootstraps up and keep it going
1: yeah, i just you know started gigging a lot in town you know uh i was asked to join a couple different bands that i ended up not joining um just because it didn't feel right um so uh, just last few years i have been writing I'm also a composer so I've been writing music for TV uh, and some a couple film trailers um, and I'm writing my own record now which I just sent you right a song now how, how did from, you get
0: in get into writing and composing for the TVs and movies because that's a very interesting thing because...
1: yeah I like I said I just really love music and I, I taught myself how to play keyboards and I play some guitar as well um and I taught myself um you know, composition within logic and uh I, I just i'm really interested in that stuff you know i've always been interested in in uh, movie soundtracks and scoring and I, I just i'm teaching myself as i go along you know i just um, and 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 if you take a listen to my soundcloud stuff it's some good work there man i was like i'm like wow i actually did that you know mm-hmm. so, what, what do you like in Movies. What do you think have
0: been good scored movies? Because like, something that as- I love,
1: Graham Revell. Graham Revell is one of my favorite composers. Um, I just saw a few months ago the new uh, Star Wars, and though I wasn't a big fan of the movie itself because I thought it was a bunch of rehash, kind of rehash story, the the score was unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. So how do you how do you get into that business though? It's like it's like do you do you record it and you have to push it? I mean it, it seems weird. It's, it's like it's just who you know, man. It's just this business is more about who you know than what you know. So you know, I mean you just gotta keep making. Uh, my stuff is in a couple libraries now, and uh, I'm getting some recognition. And uh, but it's it's a tough game because after after MP3 and Napster as the music business started to become uh, more basically defunded for lack of more descriptive terminology, you know, when people started file sharing and stealing music, you know, um, musicians and and artists had to do something else. So a lot of people started becoming composers. So it's very, it's very, it's highly competitive. Um, So it's about who, you know, you know, and who you make friends with and who likes you and, you know, so just like just like anything else in in any business. Now the SoundCloud, well,
0: relationships the SoundCloud. You said you put started putting stuff up on SoundCloud. Yeah. Now when did you just sit there and decide and say, you know what? I mean, you've been playing with people. You played with Thin Lizzy. You know, you were based. You, you, you you've been you've been around the business. You've mm-hmm. had success. Mm-hmm. As when you were younger, you were writing. It's also so funny how we go back. To like when you were in a cover band, that you're writing originals. When did you sit there and say, all right, man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna just record stuff and and I mean, what made you? decide to start putting this stuff up on SoundCloud was that like the first like say album or whatever you
1: actually wrote um i haven't written my own entire album yet but i've written a lot of um instrumental pieces specifically for film and tv so um what made me do that like i said i just had to diversify and uh try to make money that way as well you know i mean musicians and artists now we have to uh develop multiple
0: income streams, you know? Well I think it's weird. It's like everything, you know, across the entertainment weird, which is feel which is which is weird. It used to not be that way. Like, you know, even yeah, now, know. you know, the know. actors, the character actors, you know, they used yeah. to get paid for a guest star. Now it's like, okay, they come and they go, well let's see, we're gonna try to bring him in for one day as a one off or a day player. When back in the day right. it wasn't like that. And you now you get paid royalties. Yeah. Now you know. it's just getting and a lot more money. Now it's just getting it seems it's yeah. getting harder it's, as it's as, not good. as as there's so much content is so much easier to make i mean let's be honest you know i mean i i have a studio but there's people who have shows who they sit there and they talk in a car to someone you know like like i mean interviewed like i'm just saying interviews wow. and people yeah. can anyone can put stuff up now as a mm-hmm. musician that must suck because now you know you you had to pay your dues and play stuff now some kid can be crappy yes. at bass
1: but he can sit there and go oh well wow, i can be on youtube that, and play this shit that's that's one of the the, the big problems i think now um music is so much different now than it used to be. (laughs) And you used to be, have to be able to know what you were doing and be able to sing great live and play great live. And bands would, you know, stay together a lot longer and develop a history and a track record. And now, you know, kids could just go out and buy a computer and use Pieces of music that other people have made, right? And call it their own, and it's not their own. And they can call themselves producers, but are they really producers? The word producer doesn't mean the same thing. What did it? it what to. did it used to mean? Well, because I'm, I'm
0: watching that show Pro- Vinyl, and, yeah, and I mean, they had the producers. What, what, what did a producer used to producers
1: do? Producers knew more about music, about how to put music together, than putting it together in a in a computer you know it's a completely different definition um producers back in the day had to know about a lot of different things and be managers as well of of artists like that manage a kind of managing a band in a studio you know i need you to do this i you know i have to hire this person to come in. i had you know hire the engineers and And make sure that the musicians are on time doing what he thinks is the most efficient and pertinent thing to get a record done that's a complete in an analog studio right so that's a completely different environment it's a completely different world and plus producers uh, you know it seems to me in my experience knew a lot more about music than than kids who don't know anything about music right. today they're just buying computers and going oh you know this sounds good and they slap stuff together and claim that they're producing music but it's not real is it it's it's all it, well i it's I, inorganic right it's that that's people don't understand see i think a lot <laughs> and of I, times i appreciate electronic music and 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 uh, i i compose some of that music as well but it's organic it, it comes from but, a... yeah but i have i don't know i have a deeper understanding Right, you know guys what guys like us, are, we have a deeper understanding of harmony, and yeah, we you... can play multiple instruments, and you know, we kind of been, through, you know, we were in the in the trenches, so to speak, right. you know, like for years, you know.
0: So, so now, uh, I know so I, it's a different thing. I, so it must be frustrating, but you know, it's just it's weird how the business changes, and, and it sucks like that. But now, I know you play at the soundcheck live a lot now. Yeah, I
1: mean, I was playing at um at the uh, at the ultimate jam first, and uh now the ultimate jam is over at the whiskey and uh, uh soundcheck lives at uh still at uh, uh lucky strike on Wednesdays and uh so yeah i'm playing more with uh with the guys at, at soundcheck um but it was a great experience overall to play with everyone uh also at the ultimate jam um and it, you know I, I i met a whole bunch of new musicians and it's been a great experience overall
0: how does that happen
1: does someone call you because it's like you know i was there one night and it was funny
0: because uh sean McNabb
1: mm-hmm. was there and he's
0: been on my show and I, mm-hmm. I saw uh jason sutter was there he's been on my show great, and uh, yeah. a few of the guys said, great. rich redmond was there and it's uh great it just players. it just and I, I tell people like whenever i talk to someone that's like yeah I, I love music i always tell them about both well uh-huh. now i just because soundtrack just started but i used to tell yeah. them about the the um ultimate jam because matt starr has been on my show mm-hmm. and different people and I sit there. If, if you like music and if you like harder rock, which a lot of it is, mm-hmm. you're an idiot not to go. I tell people I go because you know I've seen things on Facebook like, oh yeah, Robin Zander from Cheap Trick walked in, or hey, Sebastian Bach walked in. Yeah. And it's this it's... shit's for free, and that's what people don't get. It's for free, and it's so funny when people that's go, cool. I don't know what to do. It's a cool scene. I mean, so what's it like? So you you don't know who's gonna play with you, or how do you figure out what songs you're gonna play, or how's that work? Do you rehearse? No. There's so, no so what happens? you just show up or what, what happened you just it,
1: show up how's the process do they call you and say hey we want you yeah to they, just, um, they call you and or message you or whatever and uh, can you do this song or or you contact them and say i'd like to play you know and uh first of all they they ask you know who you've played with and uh, but i i had known chuck for right for a number of years uh matt i just met recently last year uh and so i told him who i played with and gave him my bio and stuff and you know so you you either contact them or they they contacted me as well, And, you know, can you do this song I're like, yeah, cool, you know, or how about this song you know and so you, you you uh you throw suggestions back and forth, and ultimately Chuck and Matt had you know the the last say on 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 that stuff uh and I also met Steve Ferlazo. you know he was the the keyboard player uh the house keyboard player in the band so um it was just that you know and you would learn the song and just you know come in and do it you what's know, that like no no I mean, no rehearsals.
0: yeah what's that like going up because you know you're going up because you don't know the other person's style like when you play with thin yeah, Lizzy, to me it's like listen it's just getting up and saying okay i'm gonna play the bass and this one i'm gonna do it I no mean, we
1: rehearsed i mean you know no
0: no, no, no for thin lizzie did but yeah. i'm saying for like this i mean there's got to be not ego but everyone has ego i mean when you go for yeah, and you don't you know it's... someone and it's like and what if you sit there and rip off a great uh Rip, and then you know
1: the guitar is like well what the hell this is sort of pissing me off. I mean how that
0: <laughs> like what do you guys doing it's, it's
1: not that it's not that I mean uh, most of most of the experiences I've had have been awesome really positive and people playing together you know um some of them weren't like that but you know sometimes people's egos get in the way you know and um and they you know they'll play something you know or not play for the song or whatever but I mean, generally speaking, you know, everyone plays together and tries to pull off the song as best they can. And it's an awesome, you know, it it, it turns out being an, an awesome experience, you know, now, especially you... if you haven't played with, right, you know, like, you know, if you haven't played with certain people, you're like, wow, I'm playing with, you know, I got to play with Jonathan Moffat. You know, I got to play with, uh, uh, all, all these people, man. You know, well, it's always cool. I mean, you go well, there, Matt, like, I had wow. never played with Matt Starr either. Right. I, I, you know, uh, I never played with uh, Mitch Perry. You know, well, I, 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 think I played with him once at Lucy's Fifty One. But it was great to play with him. Uh, it was great to play with Steve Lazo. Uh, and and you know, it continues to be a, a great thing. And I'm playing at Soundcheck tomorrow night.
0: No, no. Did you
1: also play in the in the past? Did you tour with Bobby Kimball? Yes, I did. So, yes, I did. I, I'm a huge Toto fan and Bobby Kimmel is one of my favorite singers of all time. And, um, I, uh, I got a call from my friend, uh, uh, Robin DiMaggio, uh, who's a, a great drummer and producer. I work with David Bowie, um, uh, uh, and, uh, who else? Uh, Paul Simon and uh my friend jay gore was a guitar player for the for the band that he was putting together so he's like do you want to play with bobby kimball i was like oh god yeah so we did we did it, uh a couple of gigs in uh in moscow so what's that like man you get to go to russia i mean how cool oh, is that man, i it mean... was so cool it was it was really fascinating I, i'd always wanted to go to you know to russia and uh because it's such a different language and culture and yeah it was awesome Yeah, you know, moscow was beautiful beautiful women there uh beautiful people in general really nice you know uh it was, it was really great it was a really great experience we we played at this this car show it was like this this car show and these models were there and you know high-priced big you know like sports cars and helicopters I was like what's going on here right. you know <laughs> it was really it was really cool and um I got to play a bunch of Toto music and we played a, a bunch of other you know uh, uh great rock songs and it was awesome uh, Alex Alessandroni was on keyboards uh, you know it was just great
0: now do you get out and play a lot besides soundtrack you playing? and did, did I think I saw you did you play with Tichi and some someone else a while ago
1: oh Brian Tichy, yeah man I just um, it's funny I've been I've been going to the uh, the bonzo bash for a couple of years and um, uh, it, I, you know I always thought he was a great drummer and and Brent Woods was playing guitar and I know Brent through my friend Mitch, Mitch Brandon, who I, uh, I ended up playing with Chris Huchin, who I used to play with. Um, we played one of his parties, one of Mitch Brandon's parties. So he introduced me to Brent several years ago, but we never got a chance to play together. And the day before the Rush tribute they were doing at Nam, they called me up. And I was in a rehearsal and I and I saw Brent's number so I said, hey man, I got to take this call and they hey man, can you do the rush tribute tomorrow ma'am right. I'm like, yes as I grew up right playing that music you know and although I was up till four in the morning you know like going over all these tunes you know I was like I was confident I could do it so um I went in and did it the next day and they were, they were blown away and Brian Brian's one of the finest drummers I've played with he nailed the rush stuff i mean he's great at the at, at the zeppelin stuff he destroyed the rush shit i mean it was amazing that's yeah, that's cool that's it cool. was amazing you know i'm a huge rush fan so so we we've a- I, I learned how to play like real honestly i learned how to play from rush and getty uh, lee chris squire of yes uh paul mccartney of the beatles and and john and whistle they were like my teachers and, J- and jaco pastorius too so we have a few minutes left. Sure. Um, what else is coming up with you? What, what, what's going on? Uh, I'm playing a gig with Brian and Doug Aldridge. Uh, we have a, a band called Black Mongoose. And we're playing at Vamped in Vegas on the, uh, I believe, the Vegas, 29th. Vegas is April like a rock 29th. and roll, rock and roll. Within, I love it up there. It's man. crazy. Like yeah. I know
0: Vamped. A lot of people play at Vamped. I see that.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, we're playing uh, August 29th at Vamped. So that's cool. So if you're in Vegas or you're planning to go to Vegas... You got to come to the show, man. <laughs> and how did, how did Doug Aldridge get mixed in? Oh, you know, I played with Doug Aldridge, uh, several, uh, about 10 years ago with, uh, Chris Frazier, uh, from Steve Vai's band. And now he's the drummer for foreigner. We had a band that we, we used to play at the Burbank bar and Grill, And it was such a pleasure playing with Doug. He's an amazing guitar player and Chris, you know, amazing drummer. And, uh, we, we hadn't played since then, you know, and, uh, brian said you know do you want to play with doug i was like absolutely so it's really amazing it's just happens. like a lot of stuff just yeah. it's, it's cool like it just
0: it, it's like it's it such a industry of knowing people like it, it's just like if people have been on the show like you know someone who says "Yeah, this guy's good and it's like they really don't sit there and look for references yeah they go hey this guy and this guy says you know they say they say Francesco's got the chops, and then it's like you hear two people, and they're like, "All right, come play with us." That must be a good feeling.
1: It's awesome. It's awesome.
0: So and now, now, are you, are you gonna are you gonna finish me, a whole album? Yeah, gonna... let me
1: mention a, a couple things. Um, I'm I'm still great friends with John Sykes, and um, a, a couple years ago, I uh, turned him on to some stuff I was studying, and um, uh, he ended up writing two albums worth of material, and I wrote a song with him as well. So he's just about, um, well, this year he's planning on releasing his new record. So hopefully uh, I'll be touring with him. Uh, I, I can't say enough about Sykes. I think he's a genius, you know, and um, uh, big Blue Murder fan too. You know, those I can't stop listening to those right. Blue Murder records. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to uh, finish my album this year as well. so And I just released um, uh, the first song off of that uh, called Tongues of Angels. And Sorry. that
0: that can be found on SoundCloud. Yeah, uh, it but can okay. be found on uh, DigiRamp. Okay, and that's DigiRamp.com.
1: DigiRamp.com. Yeah, so they go to the website, a music website,
0: and then they do they search you in.
1: Um, I gave you the link. So no, I'm no for you, people. Okay, so if you so could for... post that link, I would really appreciate it. And my, so people, my people go.
0: We don't. We, we don't even listen to you, Steve. <laughs> my friends don't even listen to me. I
1: swear, my girlfriend.
0: My girl. I think my girlfriend's listened to the show twice. She came in this morning because the girl from Criminal Minds was on, and she loves that show. Oh, cool, so man! She, I've been in the studio for whatever. 11 months, I used to at in a different studio. First time she came in, I'm like, what the hell? I said, yeah, you, you go because, you know, it's something like, right. so now, now do, you, do you tweet or do you do any of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Spell your bit.
1: name so people can know your name. Spell it. Francesco DiCosmo. It's F-R-A-N-C-E-S-C-O, and last name is D-I, capital C-O-S-M-O. And that's, oh, that's you'll find that on Twitter? Uh, Yeah, actually, I have my own website, FrancescoDecosmo.com. Yeah. I've been there. And uh cool all right. I got, I, got, I got to do
0: my research. <laughs> Thanks, bro. I got the Wikipedia page on your Oh, right
1: awesome, man. It, it, the funny thing is the Wikipedia is wrong. Uh the the site is a little bit wrong. I wasn't born in Italy. I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, okay. but I lived in Italy when I was a kid. <laughs> so, I got to contact, contact them about that cuz people think I was born in Italy, but um and I, and I do have uh my SoundCloud which is soundcloud.com uh uh slash Francesco Dash DeCosmo. Hi.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to yeah. thank you for coming on, man. Hey, man,
1: thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it.
0: People, go check him out. Plus, you know, he, he's from the Philadelphia area. So, you know, you got to love the, the, the Poconos. I used to play a lot of gigs up there, man, all over there. Cool, house. man. Scranton and Wilkes-Barre and uh, my old roommates from uh, Wilkes-Barre. And his... It's funny that you knew where I was
1: from. You know, I know, yeah. I always, most people don't know. <laughs> oh, I know, exactly.
0: So go check him out. People also follow me on Twitter. It's at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. I tweet all the time, especially during the political... Thing. i, I just post jokes about both types of people people some people get pissed someone called me I, I made a joke about trump and someone got mad at me i'm like whatever it's all twitter so go to that it's at cooper talk awesome uh, trump
1: has a good sense of humor exactly <laughs> go go to my website go to my website That's, i'm a fan
0: it's, well it's, it's all it's all good well, go to my website coopertalk.net it's uh three 495 episodes up there and you can email me at cooper at coopertalk.net tell me who you me to try to get on, I'll try to get them. Tell me, you know, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Uh, you can also find my episodes on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. You're going to type in one word. That's one word, Cooper Talk. It's easier to find. Instagram, it's Cooper Talk one I post a lot. I post some uh, pictures of my guests. I post uh, some of my food stuff because, you know, I'm a foodie because, you know, after I went mm-hmm. through my heart problems a few years ago, I sat there and I wrote a cookbook. So you have to go oh, to my awesome. other website, stopthesalt.com. Go to that. It's 120 recipes. It's low-sodium cooking for one. Easy to make. And it's good for one person, you know, especially if you're a male because a lot of males are afraid to cook. Well, don't worry. I don't intimidate you. There's no pictures on the web, there's no pictures in a book because you see a recipe and you think it looks too good. You don't want to <laughs> cook it. And there's no long ingredients. That's so, awesome. you know, if you don't have cumin, don't worry. There's no recipes with cumin. You sit there. It's basic, easy cooking, 120 recipes. And here's what you do. You go to Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com and you can buy it from them. Or you can go to StopTheSalt.com and buy it from me. Because that way I make more money, and I'll also sign it to you and send it to you. So go okay. check that out. Stopassault.com. By the
1: way, Steve, can I can I
0: real quick? We're, we're running we're, out of time. Okay.
1: Um. Uh. My we're single. Oh, my single is ready. Uh. It's it's uh, for sale on DigiRamp.
0: DigiRamp. So. Go see DigiRamp. DigiRamp.com. Thank you.